630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 chance. And we will have an Eskimos broadcast Sunday afternoon, 12.30 countdown to kickoff game at 2 as the Eskimos take on the BC Lions in preseason action. The Raptors trail Milwaukee 32-22 with 10.5 minutes left in the second quarter. The Raptors have actually caught up. At one point, they trailed 18-4. My goodness. Uh, the Blue Jays lost earlier today 8-2 to Boston. Canada beat Switzerland 3-2 in overtime at Worlds. That was in a quarter. They play the Czech Republic in a semi on Saturday. DJ Smith is the new coach of the Ottawa Senators. Well, I'm very pleased to have this next guest back in studio as she prepares for her 51st professional bout and to defend her two world championship belts, it is boxer Jelena Marjanovic. Jelena, great to see you. Thanks for coming in. I know it's been a while. It's I feel like I was at home here, and then kind of we took a hiatus, so it's good to be back in. <laughs> well, it is great to see you. Uh, we've talked well. We've talked a lot of different stories over the past year because for a while you couldn't box, and that sucked. Well, yeah, you that thought was, you might not box. That was a while. Was that bit. November that happened? The, are we talking the moratorium? The moratorium. That was a year and a bit that ago. That was that long ago yeah, already? Yeah, well, because oh, I had okay. my fight April 28th here, so it's been that long since See, I that fought. That was the previous winter? Wow. Yeah, so we had talked a, a couple times because we had a fight. We were going to have a unification bout Yes. Um, in New York, and then that fell through. Well, it got delayed and pushed and pushed, and then it kind of got canceled. And Well, it didn't get canceled. They tried to push it to July... August, which who knows when that actually yeah. might happen. So we, um, because I am a two-time world champion, we need to defend at least once a year. We got an extension um, because I, I actively have been trying to find fights. Yes. Um, so we got an extension until this fight, June 22nd. Because so, you have the WBA and WBC featherweight belts. Correct. And there's also... Is there still IBF? There is an IBF. Um, the girl is in as a champion in recess right now. She's pregnant. Oh, okay. Um, so, so that's a different circumstance. Yeah, and then um, the WBO world champion is Heather Hardy, which is the one from New York. So you wanted to fight. All three mm-hmm. belts would be up for grabs, and then yes, that's as close as you could get to be unified while right someone's now. off having a, a child. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, your two belts are going to be uh, on the line. So it was last April you fought, so you had to ask the, the two associations for We applied an for an extension, correct. And they, and they were able to grant them, yeah, which is, they, which is I mean, logical. I, I mean, I've been a world champion on and off since 2003. They've seen my history and, and how I like to stay active. Um, so... You know, they they kind of did me a solid this time. And this happens every so often, especially in women's boxing. Um, you know, it's hard to get good fights. It's hard to get good opponents for the right amount of money. And right. because we are fighting locally and, and there aren't isn't, you know, unfortunately it's Canadian sports and they don't want to get behind broadcasting us. Um, so there isn't that income coming in from the broadcasts and the advertising and sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, so we're dealing with kind of penny-pinching where we can and and getting what we can do for these shows upcoming. Now, I'm not involved with a lot of that, so, you know, that's 
the other stuff that thankfully I don't have to worry about. I just have to show up fight night. Well, which we know you will. So it's June 22nd. It's at the... Uh, we were, we were like, what's the it new called Shaw. now? The new just, I think it's just called now the Edmonton Convention Center. I think it so was too. the Shaw. It's the one on Jasper Avenue, 97th Correct. Street. Correct. That we've grown used to calling the Shaw. I can say it's the old Shaw, but, the, but the, I don't the know. The sponsor's if you can. not on there. Oh, I can say whatever. I can say whatever <laughs> I want. Uh, so you're fighting uh, Vizia Travato. Well, I've been calling her Visa, but I mean. Well, I th- okay, so we can, you're fighting Travato. Travato. Uh, and she's from Italy. From Italy, she's 12 and two. So her two losses, one comes from Katie Taylor, so the Olympian, the gold medal Olympian. She went up two weight classes to fight her. Oh wow. Um, and then the other loss was to a girl that we're hoping to fight in the fall. So um, I think her loss was to number three in the featherweight, and then in a division higher. So she, she's a gamer, she comes to fight, she's super aggressive, moves forward and likes to create a lot of action. Okay. Is she, she only has 14 fights, you have 50. Is she newer, younger, or? or? No, I think, well, I think she's 32-ish. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on her age, but you know, um, Europeans, they tend to get a lot more amateur experience and then uh, before they move into okay. the pros. You know, I turned pro when I was 19, 20, I think 20. Um, so you can't you can't look at that record because that's just it, a pro it's, record. It's tough. And, you know, I think with the Olympics, everybody was trying to hold on as long as they could. And when they found that they couldn't either make that weight division or um, make, make that challenge, then they decided to turn pro. So I'm not really super familiar with why she's only had 14 fights. Um, I do know her management. I've met them at the WBC conventions. They deal with world-class organizers and promoters. Um, And we actually tried to make this fight happen in Italy, but they couldn't afford to pay me to bring me there for my two world titles. So, um, you know, we we said, hey, well, we'll bring her here. We need someone who's who's going to put up a great fight and put on a good show in Edmonton. Okay, so that's uh, that's June 20th, part of KO 86. That's the the, and and you're the main event, obviously. Yes. Why wouldn't you be? Uh, I should hope. (laughs) So what was it like for you, though? trying to organize a fight because we, we've talked a lot about your training in the past and building up and, and peaking so like did you ever think okay I'm going to be close it's probably going to be that day and then something fell through like did that ever affect your, so, your training so I feel like I've been training since uh, December so I mean I I was on and then I was off and then I was on and then I was off so I've, I've been in training camp since December January um, so we were ramping up. We were hoping to fight in end of March. And then so I kind of hit the ground running super hard. You know, it's been a while. So I wanted to make sure I got an edge on training camp, which kind of backfired at me. Um, and then, you know, we had to taper back a bit, ramp up, taper back. So finally, um, it was the KO car- card in March. We had literally got a call that morning when, when the fight card was happening saying, oh, we might have to push this fight till July. So we were kind of aiming for early May. Okay. Um, and so I, Mel phones me and she tells me this, Milan phones me and tells me this. And so I kind of stewed about it. I had my little like pouty session <laughs> by myself. I was super annoyed. And then I get to the fights and I got in the ring. I always get in the ring and I talk to everybody and kind of give them an update. 
And I got in the ring and I said, so my next fight is here June 22nd. And I looked at Mel and I'm like, I guess you better find me a fight, Mel. <laughs> Because it's that's official. That's great. You just so, made it official. So I kind of like forced forced myself into this fight. So um, I'm super excited. I, I'm I've been missing the ring. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm 36. I'll be actually 37 June 24th. So a couple days after the fight. Um, for me to wait a year, I don't need to wait at all. I'm ready to fight every month if I could. Right. Um, so. You know, I want to finish my career strong. We we have a couple more years, maybe a couple more fights left in me. Waiting on these fights is getting super frustrating. So I'm gonna keep trying to push the pace, keep trying to push the action, keep in the ring, keep um, keep active. Um, so you're gonna see me trying to make a lot of fights happen here and there. Well, which is excellent, and I hope most, if not all, of them are in Edmonton because that's great. We've talked a little bit in the past about setting up fights and the contracts and and the negotiations and you've just talked about the difficulty finding an opponent and maybe you're going to go to Italy but th- that didn't work out is is like that that must be a really frustrating part and I wonder I'll, you know so you ha- you have the belts for the WBA and the WBC are people from the boxing associations in like can they ever step in and say look you two need to fight so figure it out or is it just between the two camps well so they can order fights to happen right um, but the difference is if you can't come to a negotiation, the WBC isn't going to pay my purse. So if I can't find someone who's going to pay me to do my job, then we're at a little bit of a standstill, right? So even though the WBC can say, hey, you two need to fight by this date, that doesn't mean I have a business or a promoter that's going to make this fight happen. Right. And I'm not going to fight in the street. Like, you know, at some ca- some cases I kind of want to, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is a business and, and you know, we have to try and make it make sense. Um, I try and stay out of all of that kind of stuff because I do get frustrated. Like, this whole fight in New York and fighting with Heather Hardy was... A pure testament to my to my like sanity, I think, because everybody was asking me. We had agreed on almost everything. The only thing we didn't know about, we agreed on purse money. We agreed on um, what's going to happen, rematch clause, all of those things we had agreed on. And then when it came down to having a date, we were waiting on a date from Showtime, um, and then they were trying to build this huge female fight card, and couple girls said no they couldn't line up a couple of the other girls and so that whole show got cancelled and so therefore our fight got pushed so instead of taking us and putting us on a different show a different showtime broadcast um, they cancelled the whole thing altogether. what would have made sense was to put us on the undercard of a bigger fight right you know at the end of the day i want this fight to happen do i want to be the main event absolutely do i feel like we deserve to be the main event a thousand percent sure however at the end of the day i just want to fight and 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 as does heather um and so you know we had tried to bring her to edmonton um i guess when they did their evaluation from new york she is from new york okay I guess when they did their evaluation, um, she fights MMA and with Bellator, and I guess because we kept pushing this back and it is her full-time job, um, they decided to go with the Bellator option. I think she's fighting at MSG June 16th, and now I don't know the full 
the for sure date, but she is fighting for Bellator versus coming here and defending her world title. So, but when you both win in June, then you can still keep talking about a unification fight. We can. I mean, I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket again. I mean, I waited. I said no to two other fights, um, thinking that this was going to be a for sure thing um, because we had gotten so far in the negotiations um, so would you say that it was also the TV network, Showtime, that ruined this then? It was then? the promoter, too. Like, yeah. I mean, I think it's it was just a line of kind of bad circumstances. You know, one thing didn't go one way and then the other thing, and it was kind of like a domino effect. Um, and so, unfortunately, the only people who suffered were Heather and myself. Right. You know, and I think the fans, I think that's a great fight. Well, um, so do I. I mean... <clears throat> And so unification in in boxing perks up a lot of ears because 100%. I'm sure and you and I have talked about this on and off air too. I mean, it's I think for a lot of casual fans, they're like, why are there four leagues? Like, yeah. how many champions yeah. are you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And 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 when I always hear that, I'm like, well, the WBC and WBA are one and two, right? Or one together, whatever you want to say, and then the other ones combined. They're not. And for the women especially, they're not as active Mm -hmm. as um, the WBC, WBA have been in their champions and forcing fights to happen. You know, for example, I've been a world champion off and on for over a decade, Mm -hmm. and I've never fought for a WBO title. It's a Puerto Rican um, organization. They have Amanda Serrano, who is a great champion, multiple weight divisions, but they're holding the titles for her to go, for her to fight. We asked, we said, okay, can we be, can we challenge for the WBO belt um, right now and then give Heather the first option to to win her title back? Mm -hmm. Because she hasn't defended now in a while. Mm -hmm. So we said, can we have this option to fight? They said, well, Amanda Serrano's bid wants first option on it. Well, Amanda Serrano's a champion at 114 or 112 pounds. Like, how many divisions are you holding? And so, I mean, that's fine. I've been a 130-pound champion, 135 and 126. I always vacate one before I move to the other. Um, But that being said, you know, we just want to stay active. I want to get all the belts. I'm not super worried about the other two because I have the best two. Right. Um, So even within the different boxing associations, councils, organizations, federations, there's still different statuses. A hundred percent. Yeah, which I I find interesting. Uh, I mean, usually I wouldn't ask someone their weight, but you're featherweight? I'm a featherweight, 126. 126, that's the max? That's the max, so you can be under. You can be way under if you you want. You can be under if you want, but you can't be over. Wouldn't be advisable to be way under, probably. (laughs) So if I was way under, I would so go you, to the when, division when you lower. Do the, the weigh in in your underwear the day before the fight. Yeah. You have to be 126, 126. or less. Yes. Okay. And then the day of the fight, they don't care. Not well, that day not of the that fight. You're add 10 pounds. Um, you have to be within a percent. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a lot of organizations, for the men especially, women don't cut weight as much, um, but for the men especially, they do the post. Some organizations make it a requirement. Some don't. Okay. Um, and, and there's kind of, again, there's a lot of gray, a lot of gray area in that, but there is a percent. So we do a 30-day weigh-in with you when you have to be 
within 10% of your fight weight. So for me, oh, 139 really? pounds. And then within seven days, you have to be within 5% of your fight oh, weight. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's something that the WBC originally put in for the safety of the fighters because some of these fighters were cutting so much water and so much weight. We got to get a break in. Can you, you're sticking around for till a little after 7.32? Yes. Okay. Yep. Jelena Berjanovic in studio, Inside Sports on Chet. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Okay, uh, Jelena Marjanovic, pick a number between 1 and 10. Done. You want me to tell you You have it? to say it out loud. Oh, 5. Caller number, number 5. Caller number 5. You get a pair of tickets to UFC 240 at Rogers Place on July 27th. We have uh, UFC featherweight Max Holloway meeting former lightweight champion Frankie Edgar at the main event. Now, tickets go on sale next Friday, but 630 Chad giving away a pair right now. 780-496-0063, UFC 240, July 27th, caller number five. Sound good? Perfect. What do you think of the uh, mixed martial arts as a boxer? You know, I don't mind it. I obviously enjoy the stand-up a little more than the jiu-jitsu and the wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I like how they, they all come to fight. And that's what's exciting is there's your guaranteed action. Right. Gu most of the time. I shouldn't say guaranteed. But generally speaking, you're going to see some big knockouts or some crazy submissions. So it's exciting. I mean, it's not it's not the, the sweet science. It's not pure. I find there's, you know, they, they're good at a bunch of every, a little bit of everything, but mm -hmm. they're not great, I think, at fighting. I don't know if that makes sense, but for me, I'm, 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 I'm a purist. I love the boxing. All right, Jelena's sticking around. We'll talk about what's going on at Champs. That's still going yeah. great for you. My voice is raspy. I taught a class today. Coming back after the news. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Raptors trailing 49-46 at the half in Milwaukee. They were way down early, caught up to tie it at 34, but Milwaukee takes the three-point lead into the half. Numerous reports, though nothing official from the team, that the Oilers have signed Swedish left winger Joachim Nygaard, 26 years old, very fast, second in the Swedish league in goals this past season with 21 and 52 games playing for Farstad. Jelena Virginovic is in studio, world boxing champion, and she will defend her WBA and WBC featherweight belts on June 22nd at the convention center. Uh, just People can just Google for tickets or look up KO86. Uh, they're on Ticketmaster. On uh, Ticketmaster. Um, yeah, you can get them at Ticketmaster June 22nd. Uh, great night of fights. All right, so you're very busy getting ready for this uh, fight and continuing your great career. And How long have you had champs now? Uh, it's been open a year and, what are we, May, almost a year and a half. So this is Champs, uh, 109th Street, 103rd Ave, Kitty Corner from, well, it's Best Buy. Yeah. For some reason, I still call it the old Future Shop. I was going to just say Future Shop. It's an active Best Buy I store. also call Eaton Center downtown Eaton Center, even though it's City Center. So you're talking well, about the wrong right. person. Well, right. Of people of our vintage, you had... <laughs> You had Eaton Center and you had Edmonton Center, and yeah. now it's all city center. Yes. But anyway, yes. uh, we're we're <laughs> we're going back. Just in aging time. myself, it's okay. So at champs, so this is this is this is the cool thing. You had to tell me about this. I mean, you're a world champ. You're one of the greatest female boxers ever. 
and uh, people can just go get a class from you, oh, whatever they want. Yeah, so we so think um, spin class meets boxing bags, so group fitness, um, dark room, loud music, you're boxing to the beat. We have different options of classes, but our, our classic thing is boxing to the beat. Um, you get a great workout, 50 minutes, taught by a number of instructors, um, myself and Robbie included, um, with our pros. Mm-hmm. Um, and a ton of fun. Come okay, in, so unplug, wait. 50 minutes. So will you, do you only work with elite? No, I, I taught You'll, a class today at noon, and it's just open to whoever can show up. So, to, because Jalen and I were talking on air at the end of her show, I said you you were coming in, and Jalen was like, oh, man, I, I could have gone for a class with Jalen, but I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get destroyed. <laughs> like, are people ever like, well, wait a minute. People get super the, nervous. The world champs training this class, leading this class? No, no, it's for everybody. <laughs> the best thing about boxing, and, and one of the big reasons why I started was because I played every sport growing up. Um, I, I came from a basketball background. Um, when I started boxing, what made me fall in love with the sport is what you put into it is directly reflects what you get out of it. And that's with anything in life, yes. But because it's you versus you and it's your work ethic, your sweat equity, your stubbornness, your will to succeed and win, um, that's directly reflected on what you're going to achieve and what you're going to do. So that being said, what you put into it is what you get out of out of it. So if you're a beginner and you just want to learn the moves the first time, or if you want to work on your power or your speed, it's totally up to you. It's the bag in front of you that bags your therapy for the 50 minutes you're there. Right. And well, and and people, I mean, I know your personality. You're not going to p- tell somebody to do something that <laughs> you, you think is going to injure them, or you're, so, you're going to say, "Wait a minute." Do step one before you try step no, three. No, and, and and the thing is, is what's great is um, from beginner to advanced, um, you can come in and work at your own level. Everything we start, um, every class with an instructional. Now, some of our regulars, I think you're like, oh, well, if I come, am I going to get bored in the beginning? No, because for me, I'm still critiqued. I still stand in front of the mirror 17 years later. Mm-hmm. And I am still working on my technique. It's a huge part of boxing. So you can't jump from from walking into a place straight into a sprint. You got to warm up. You got to work on your technique. You got to get there. Mm-hmm. And so that's the same thing with boxing. You constantly have to practice what is going to get you there to be advanced. So from beginner to a pro, I do these classes wherever I can, whenever I can go. Because it's fun. You get to unplug, turn the brain off, and... And get some therapy, get some uh, some punching therapy, some sweat equity. So you so you led a class today. What would have you have done today that is specifically preparing you for June twenty second? Oh, for me in the class? No, for oh. you on your own as oh my as training as a pro fighter. Um, so it's my workout today. I woke up super early, um, quarter to six. I got a run in, mm-hmm. so I think I ran four and a half, five miles today. And then I have my strength and conditioning, my Tuesday, Thursdays, I always go. Uh, the reason why I ran this morning, too, is because I missed my run yesterday because I sparred extra rounds yesterday, and I, and I taught a class late at night. So I was a little tired yesterday, um, but I had to get my run in. So I ran this morning, strength and conditioning. Uh, I worked this afternoon, and then I just uh, finished training before I got here. So it's been a full day today. 
Well, and I, I appreciate that you took the time to come in. It's it's always great to have you on the show. I mean, I love the energy you have, and and I I really appreciate the insight you give us into the the world of boxing, both what you do in the ring and the stuff that happens behind well, I the scenes. I, I find that fascinating. I think it's so different. It's such a different professional sport that a lot of people just think we get in the ring and start trying to smash each other in the face there's a lot behind it and and it's like any sport there's a lot of politics a lot of different things that go into any sport and I, I always um I always get intrigued from all the background to every kind of sport so I love sharing what I love to do with you guys well thank you for coming in uh, obviously we'll be in touch but all the best on June 22nd again Mergenovich Travato KO86 yes. at the convention center Look it up on Ticketmaster. Uh, it's going to be incredible as you defend your WBA and WBC featherweight belts. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks. You guys, I know there's a lot going on in the summer in Edmonton. I would love this support. So if you can come down and come and support me in my 51st fight, please come down. Uh, convention Center. Well said. Jake DeBrusque from the Boston Bruins when we get back. <laughs> Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. At the half, Bucks leading the Raptors 49-46 in Game 5 of that Best of 7 series. The Best of 7 Stanley Cup Final will start Monday in Boston. The Bruins taking on the Blues. Now, I had to talk to this young man earlier today because tonight he's playing in a scrimmage in front of thousands of Bruins fans in Boston. It is a winger for the Bruins, Edmonton's own Jake DeBrusque. Jake, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing great today. How about you? I'm doing very well. It's it's great to have you on the show. I, I know the last time we, we did an interview was uh, probably the third week of August and you were skating at the uh, the Perry Pern camp doing, doing the doing the three on three getting ready for the season so uh quite quite a journey since then i, I mean just kind of uh give you some general thoughts on on what it's been like going through the playoff run and, and then the feeling of getting ready for a stanley cup final yeah it's been pretty special it's uh you know obviously a long year you work to you know work as hard as you can to get to the playoffs and um you know going first round against toronto was a pretty intense and crazy series it took seven again this year and um, you know, every round gets more intense and uh, more amplified. And Columbus, obviously, coming off uh, beating Tampa Bay, uh, Maritalk Challenge as well, and then, uh, and then recently Carolina. So it's been it's been kind of getting more and more intense. And um, you know, it hasn't really settled in yet that um, you know you're actually gonna be playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. But we've had uh, a long time to think about it, so we're all just excited just to you know, get back on the ice. Well, I'll ask you about the most recent series, and I don't want to recount the uh, the entire playoffs because we've talked a lot about what, what has happened earlier, but you, you played Carolina. You were able to beat them in four straight. Obviously, they were one of the many sort of surprise teams in this uh, postseason, getting by Washington and then sweeping the New York Islanders. Tell me a little bit about the, the challenges they presented and how you guys were ultimately able to get past them without losing a game. Yeah, they, they presented a lot. I mean, every team knows um, at this time of year, but they had a lot of different challenges with um, just how deep their team was. I mean, you, you look at, um, not necessarily on paper, and you don't really you know there's different parts moving around, especially in the bottom six for that team, but 
Um, he has really good leadership and, and guys that have played for you know long, long periods of time and played in meaningful games. Obviously, with Justin Williams being their captain, um, you know they play a fast style. Their, their forecheck was very aggressive um, throughout the whole series and throughout the whole playoffs, and that's what made them successful. But I think we counteracted that with you know being very good in special teams and and our goaltender. Our goaltender kept us in. Um, you know, some games there, especially the first period, I think it was a game three, he had about 27 saves or something like that. So anytime your goalie can kind of give you that, um, I guess, confidence and, and calming effect is, is really helpful to the team. All right. You know, you, you play that long regular season where you're playing three or four games a week, every second day, sometimes back-to-backs. And now you've had this, you know, it's about a week and a half break between you guys finishing off Carolina and when you're going to play game one. How does this feel? I know the rest is important, but it must feel, a, well, does it feel a little unusual to have this long a break between games? And, and how have you guys been spending it in terms of practice schedule and recovery and that kind of stuff? Yeah, it has been different. It's been uh, unusual, to say the least, especially just watching, um, you know, the other series, the other series and as of late. I mean, you know, we're all fans of the game. We watch, you know, games together, but it's kind of weird understanding that this is a team or one of the teams that we'll see. And, um, you know, you're just kind of, I guess, counting down till, till that is kind of known. And, and now it's getting, you know, turned up. We have, we have that squad game tonight. But um, I think what they've done, you know, throughout these days is, um, you know, obviously practicing and, um, you know, differently than we normally practice. It's, it's a little longer and um, more battle drills and a little more intense just to kind of keep that, you know, game readiness up and um, and then some weightlifting as well. I think you've had probably one or two days off, but it does feel weird not playing in, in a game. I think like you know consecutively. I think we had about a month or, or a month and a half at least of you know every second day you're playing in a game, and it was you know it was pretty much war out there. So the fact that you kind of have more than you know enough time to, to get adjusted, it does feel weird, but. Um, it's also exciting, you know, just more so counting down to when the puck drops for game one. All right, I'm, I'm going to ask you the, the the question that I know often doesn't get answered, but I have you on the line, so I'm going to I'm going to ask you. Uh, you know, look, there's been speculation that maybe something's uh, nagging you. You have had a break between series here, and rest always helps. Um, do you have a comment on the speculation about about an injury or any sort of an update you'd be willing to provide? <laughs> No, I'm all good to go. I mean, uh, like you said, rest helps with, with everything, you know, bumps and bruises along the way. But, um, you know, there's been different things throughout this playoffs. I mean, everyone goes through certain things, but it honestly hasn't been too major. So, I mean, personally right now, I, I feel fresh. And um, rest does me a lot of wonders, especially, you know, even throughout the regular season with that bye week. I think any time that you can kind of just get away from uh, the war zone out there, it helps the body. But, no, I feel, I feel 100%. Okay. There's no excuses there. Okay. Just got to play better. All right. Good to hear. Uh, Jake DeBrus joining us at Inside Sports. Bruins and Blues, game one on Monday night. And, of course, you can hear it right here on 630 Chet. So the Blues, I mean, their story has been an incredible one, Jake. Uh, last place early in January, and now they're going to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, maybe at the start of the year, a lot of fans wouldn't have known Jordan Biddington or, or known much about him at all, and he's been great in net for them. Um, give me a little bit of a, a scouting report on the St. Louis Blues, from your point of view? Yeah, I think you summed it up. You know, obviously, I think they were last place, um, I want to say it was January or, or someplace around there, and then they want an absolute heater and haven't stopped. I mean, you got to give them credit for that. That's not easy to do, especially in this league. And 
Um, you know, I think obviously watching the playoffs and kind of like you said, getting a little scouting um, done. I mean, I'm not the smartest guy out there, but I think that they, they're a lot like us in certain ways. They're deep. They have four lines that I can all play and score and um, really good defensemen as well. they got big ones, especially on the right side. And, and Binghamton's been huge. He's been, I think, one of the main reasons why their season has turned around. And, um, you know, obviously when you make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, you're going to play against a very good opponent. It's, you know, that's just the way it goes. It's not going to get easier by any means. And, um, you know, they present a lot of challenges for us. Well, let me ask you about one of those big defensemen because he's on the show tonight as well, and that's <laughs> that's Colton Pareko. Uh, you guys both uh, Edmonton area kids. I, I don't know if there's any uh, relationship or friendship there, but tell me uh, what you know about uh, Colton and what you expect going up against him. Yeah, I mean, we know each other a little bit. Uh, obviously, as a player, I think we've done the, the sec, um, you know, golf tournament together for two years now, and um, you know, really nice guy. And we don't know each other too too well, but. Um, you know, obviously both from Edmonton, that's it's pretty special. I think Jay's in there too. So there's a, there's a couple guys from Alberta in the mix, and um, obviously Colton's a great player. I mean, he's six foot five. Just looking at him, he's a, he's a beast. And um, the way he shoots the puck too, it, it doesn't look like it feels too good when he gets blocked. But um, you know, I think he took out Bishop against, against Dallas, I believe, in that that series. So um, obviously he's got a heavy shot. He can move well, and any young defenseman, he's been you know honestly an underrated story. I think that. Not really many people knew about him, and then you know he kind of jumped on the scene, and um, he's been playing solid hockey ever since. Okay, you guys have the uh, the, the scrimmage tonight in in Boston to in, in front of what's. I think it's going to be a packed house uh, as, as you guys get ready for game one of the Stanley Cup final. And the city of Boston, I mean, let's face it, Jake, uh, this century, I, I don't know if you can put another city in North America up with what's happened there with, uh, I guess, the Patriots leading the way, Red Sox, uh, Bruins and Celtics with some titles thrown in there as well. What's it like being a player there? Just the the whole vibe of success in the city, you not know, with the, just the Bruins being good, but other teams and and the fan enthusiasm that you get to be a part of as well. Yeah, it's different. It's pretty special, to be honest. With you. It sounds cliche, but um, you know, the city of Boston, they rally around their teams no matter what sport it is. And we got to see uh, some Red Sox games this year when they played in the playoffs with that kind of atmosphere. And obviously with the Patriots, I mean, the city just buzzes when um, there's any time that you know a team can, can win a championship. And they've been really, really blessed here. And um, you know, being a player in the city, especially as of late, especially you know, field playoff runs or, or different things. I mean, I've only been here for for two years, but it, it's really special the amount of support that we get. It, it, it's something that I never really thought it could be like, and um, you know, it, it's pretty much everywhere you go, people you know know uh, you know what you're about, and obviously, it's something nice about the team. So, I mean, it's it's pretty uh, special time to be in Boston right now, especially with all like said, the championship. All right, and, and maybe let me know who's who's coming down from Edmonton. And I'll, I'll kind of ask this as a follow-up. Is there a challenge to balancing the attention and probably all the family and friends and even guys like me who who, who want to who wanna talk to you this, this time of year? Is, uh, is sort of time management and focus something you got to pay extra attention to? Yeah, for sure. I think that obviously the biggest thing right now is, you know, the main goal, and that's to, to win the Stanley Cup. And, I mean, you got to do whatever it takes. You know, you got to be selfish with, with your time or, or different things to make sure that you're mentally and physically prepared. And, um, you know, there is lots of support and lots of attention from you know, all different sides. And I got my family coming down, friends as well. So, I mean, you know, I'm 
I enjoy that, and it's, it's it's great and it's awesome. But we've had to talk to the team as well, guys that have played and and these moments and, and in these finals, and um, just kind of letting us know like, hey, it's it's going to get you know pretty crazy. Just try to keep it you know as dialed in as possible and understand what the the goal is. And um, you know, there's three weeks left now in the season, no matter what. So um, you can kind of do all that stuff. I guess at, at a later time, right now the the main goal is getting ready for game one. All right. Well, Jake, we really appreciate you talking to us tonight on Inside Sports. It's been fun watching you play and enjoy the experience in the Stanley Cup Final. All the best. Thank you. Much appreciated. That is Jake DeBrusque from the Boston Bruins. He'll be going head-to-head against Colton Fareko with the St. Louis Blues. We had Colton on the show earlier. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Raptors now down 60-51 with eight and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Joachim Nygaard signed by the Edmonton Oilers out of Sweden. 26-year-old left winger. Will we get a coach? We will have it for you live on 6.30 Chet whenever it happens. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.